Welcome to episode 49 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm JC, and though it's only one week of time between posting, it's been like a month since Rod and I actually recorded together. Oh yeah, before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, because Rod had some major laptop issues, I think that's fair to say. Oh yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. And also, anyway, we'll get to that later. And I'm Rod, I am recording on borrowed equipment from Romance at a Glance podcast. And borrowed time. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that there's no over overlap between our two podcasts but thank you shawnee and i'm pretty sure bridget doesn't know we're borrowing it <laughs> so thank There's, you for the equipment <laughs> the chance the chance of there being overlap on the podcast as well as overlap of the hosts yeah. i think you're pretty safe <laughs> Cyclops is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men animated series in the original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming to Disney Plus in 2023. Some reminders, we are a recap podcast about a series that came out now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers, and if you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, come back, and we'll do our very best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes that we have not yet covered. And I know we say this every time, but just to make sure you guys know, Disney isn't working with us. Disney Plus, definitely not working with us. Rod talked mad shit before the episode even started about Disney Plus. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, which is hello followers. We have, I mean, yeah, we haven't blown up, but we have followers now. All of a sudden, yeah, Rod, what was the video that got us views on TikTok? Because I've literally deleted my own personal TikTok. Yeah. I think it was the 70 oh, nightcrawler ones yes it was one of the 70 ones but it was the specifically the one about the cameos in the snow lodge and the conversations down there i'm barely interjecting because everyone in there knows way more about the story than i do although i will disagree with people in there saying that's not mary jane it's very clearly mary jane it's definitely mary jane that that is the same model of mary jane from the spider-man animated yeah. series also, there's no doubt that's mary jane a sweater with spider webs on it and holding a mug with spiders on so i think they were just trying to signal <laughs> That, that, that was it. But yeah. Anyway, hello. If you came here from TikTok, thank you for viewing. We've been getting pretty consistent views on stuff since then. Nothing quite as big, but like people are watching more clips as we post them. So weird. Or listening, I guess. It's just a static image, but with they're audio. they're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, why is nothing happening on screen? Right. Twitter for some reason and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Finally, we record these episodes in batches right now, except this one is like a part two that's happening a month later. If we're reacting about any news about the upcoming series, we'll be a few weeks behind. Behind. I don't think there's any new news that I know of. Except, well, except you went to LA Comic Con. I was at LA Comic Con and I got to stop by and say hi to Eric and Julia. So shout out to them because they're always awesome. Said hi to Larry Houston, who we are hoping we can do a Zoom dial in and have Larry on a future episode. That would be amazing. Yeah. I saw he actually just did an interview with a Nacelle company that does like Toys and Made Us and stuff for one of their docs. They well, maybe so. have a little bit more credibility than we do at this <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. I'm we got the same guest. And John, you got a video of Lenore Zan doing the two, I think, top voted quotes of Rogue from fans. Yeah, I didn't have my phone out in time to get all five, but essentially they had her recite off in in character the top five. Yeah. I got it clean for the top two. And, so. you know, like, Props to her for it being 30 years later and still sounding the same. That's amazing. Well, I mean, she's going to be in the new yeah. one. So, you know, she and must be doing something right. If you haven't seen that yet and you want to, it's on all our social medias, all the ones we just mentioned. And soon, hopefully, I have a video that John also sent me of people talking about Ron Watchman working on the music. Lee Walds and Larry yep. Houston. Talking about John, John, Ron working on the music. <laughs> I <laughs> have not contributed shit to the music. Anyway, a lot of stuff to look forward to on the socials and stuff. It only took how many? 50 episodes now? 49? 49. <laughs> and on to the show. So today we're going to be talking about season four, episode 12, titled Proteus Part 2. 
aired on October 7th of 1995 and currently sits at a 7.5 star rating on IMDb. We actually watched the recap before recording, but it picks up essentially with the broken Wolverine. Like there's a Wolverine that we don't often see mm -hmm. in this show and he is he is not doing well. Yeah, he's still got his head in his hands. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he's 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 hurting and Rogue goes to check on him and to to his credit, he still gives a very Wolverine response, which mm -hmm. is nope. Not going to talk about it. Not now. Not ever. Yeah. He's still trying to put up the facade of the image that he's known for instead of being vulnerable. Right. Even Which, though, Even though everybody literally just saw him melt. I think the facade he's putting up is very much accurate to the modern comic version of Wolverine. Like, you mm -hmm. literally don't get that version of Wolverine. Like, you, there may have been a little more, like, play with it back then, but... Aside from women he's loved in his life, you don't see a broken Wolverine basically yeah. ever now at this point. So Beast says they need to find Joe McTaggart because they know that that's what Kevin's goal is, is mm -hmm. to find his dad. And Moira flat out says that Joe won't take the help. Yeah. And so Xavier says, well, maybe he'll take protection then, you know, if they try to meet on the middle ground. <laughs> right. So jump over and we're in the city and there's a campaign rally being set where Kevin arrives and he sees the poster of his dad, but it isn't just his dad. It's his dad, his new wife, presumably, because yeah. he's all about family values. Yeah. So there's no way that guy would ever cheat. And also <laughs> two children. We have to keep in mind that Kevin is essentially a toddler in a superpowered teenager's body. Yeah. So he, he has no actual like human experiences because the way that it's presented in the first episode is he's barely ever, if ever, left Muir Island because yeah. they knew he was a mutant when he was born. Yeah. And so I think like you would think a normal teenager or like cognitive age would have realized what's happening, but he's still figuring it out. So he's confused of who's on the poster with his dad and like why it's happening. So he's not angry yet. Right. It's it's definitely confusion. And he's he hasn't put the two and two together mm -hmm. yet. It's really the wonder of it. Jumps over and we see a woman who is rejecting this <laughs> politic dude <laughs> mentioning like, oh, yeah, we got to save all of Scotland and then like save Wales, too. Right. And yeah. it's like. Like, I didn't know they had political dude bros in in the UK in the 90s, but we definitely did with that guy. Yeah, I guess try hard incels are just timeless, right? I did like how they're like, she was like, yeah, you're going to get far in politics, but you're not going to get far with me. That was I was like, comeback. that's a solid burn. Yeah, yeah. So take notes. <laughs> yeah. So as this woman leaves this dude, Proteus absorbs into him. So he got something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here, here's here's one of the, the facts about the, the episode. In the comics... That would have killed this guy. Oh, really? Yeah, in okay. the comics, absorption leads to death, whereas in the show, it just, like, you know, knocked them out, essentially. Oh, so what I thought Fitzroy does to people when he portal hops. <laughs> right, <laughs> like and you know what? I never actually looked up if Fitzroy <laughs> absorbing somebody kills them. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm, going I'm, to. I'm going to assume it's, like, similar to, like, Rogue, where it's, like, the level of, you know, how much something. you absorb. Yeah. So if Fitzroy goes back like a week in time, it's it's just like a headache. But yeah. if he goes back like 55 to 100 years, it's definitely going to just yeah. murder them. <laughs> so the X-Men start arriving. Wolverine feels that Proteus is nearby as they're flying in. That has to be unnerving. Yeah, it's it's like you, you got away from this thing, which is... I don't want to say the most traumatic experience of his life because the dude has literally had liquid metal absorbed yeah. into his his bone structure, but it's got to at least be like, let's call it top ten for Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, right. And I assume that Wolverine, it's a physical feeling instead of like a like you know, like <gasps> yes. Professor Xavier is like a telepathy kind of thing. And I think this one because Wolverine's used used to smelling people and stuff yeah, and sensing that. 
it, this has to be like a hyper, like not even smell, like the sixth sense, like, you know, in his bones kind of feel it. Yeah, I, I, I could totally see that. Like, it's kind of like, you know, when somebody says like chills down your spine yeah. or like, you know, your stomach starts churning, some, something that you don't know why you feel it normally in real life, but Wolverine's like, oh yeah. no, I, I felt this about an hour and a half ago. He literally turned my stomach into butterflies, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful that's a terrible terrible thing so proteus runs as the, the x-men arrive he releases the man i don't know if it showed up for you because sometimes i wonder like when i watch it i watch mine on my xbox usually but this went into like one of those like really really bad animation scenarios yeah, too yeah okay so, so I, I had i had nose has a bunch of glitches yeah yeah i need it like one day when we see one that's really bad glitches i need to pull up the dvds that i have because i did bring oh, those yeah. back with me and see if that has always been that bad and it's something with the transcoding or something or or it's like just bad on disney plus like i'm genuinely curious about that yeah, yeah. i feel like <laughs> it's an issue with the original, original animation yeah. in, the, in this it, regard yeah because the vhs transfers back in like the early 2000s and stuff were kind of comedic because yeah. i had a friend that liked old samurai movies mm -hmm. and you can see tracking lines and also play and stop on the screen on some of the dvd transfers. perfect <laughs> so the x-men approach you actually see Kevin inside of the, the Proteus mm -hmm. form, is a fair way to say it. Which I much prefer over what happens later that I'll address like when Proteus has to start talking. It makes more sense to have like the human form of him inside to talk because Proteus doesn't have a mouth. I don't know if we've said that so far. Like the the like amalgus form he has has like eyes and stuff. He doesn't really have like a it's it's a mouth form. that pops up at times. Yeah, so that's what I was getting at. It's like when it when it pops up, it's kind of unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So Moyer tries to talk Kevin into just going home and he still doesn't believe that Joe doesn't want to see him, which, you know, for a, like a little kid, you think of a toddler like that makes sense because he just experienced in the previous episode. His last reference for a father was the guy that tried to save his son that Proteus kind of accidentally possessed. Yeah. In the last like, episode. So his, his last impression was like, oh, this man wants to protect you know, my father must, must wants to protect me. So he doesn't believe his mother. This is a really confusing soap opera. <laughs> well, he it, it's kind of like the whole thing of dad dad disappeared he doesn't understand why his dad left it's kind of like dad went out for cigarettes and never came back yeah. so something must have happened that's why he didn't come back not because he's a piece of shit yeah so when that happens the you know kevin reacts negatively starts just transforming everything around there's a bridge that's like nearby that starts collapsing stuff starts falling the ground starts turning into like a green sludge yeah it's a wild yeah psychedelic thing yeah and um you know the building nearby start collapsing beast and rogue start going for for the save and then kevin leaves and you know the x-men are are taking care of people and such and they're more worried about saving people from being hurt that's where we actually get the reveal where moira flat out says joe left because he's a mutant mm-hmm because of Kevin specifically, which would destroy him. Would yeah. Yeah. yeah if he, if he's told that point blank, especially if he hears it from his own dad. Yeah. Like if this person who is already emotionally stunted because they've literally lived in a lab their whole life, mm -hmm. going on a rampage right now and is essentially a kid, there's no way this ends well. Yeah, and I think even as a you know more mature or fully grown adult, I mean that still going to be an easy thing to hear. oh no somebody's getting punched in like the jaw for that yeah yeah not to say that it's it's okay to resort to physical violence but <laughs> i could totally see somebody and i would understand if they clocked their parent for doing shit like that right and that's tough i'm old enough now that i have a few different friends that 
you know, of course they love their children, but uh, you know, sometimes their relationships with their spouse or partners didn't work out. Right. And quietly they've acknowledged still love my kid, but if it were not for them, my partner's relationship would still probably be happening. So it's a very like complex and nuanced right. thing, you know, and they also obviously had the forethought to like not share that with their children. Right. <laughs> what I, what I think is interesting is we just got off of the Nightcrawler episode mm-hmm. And we have two future episodes, which I'm not going to dive into now, obviously, because mm-hmm. we, we promised we would go in order. Yeah. But all of them deal oh, with right. scenarios of a parent Yeah, in, in not being a great parent. They're setting up the whole like, spine of the MCU. Yeah, just, <laughs> just bad parenting is, is the only good. The only good parents were May and Uncle Ben, and then one of them died. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I might have commented on this. I ended up at a table with the cast of Ms. Marvel, and I forget the father's name, but I was talking to the actor. I was like, congratulations on being the first father of a superhero in the MCU that was not traumatic or passed down generational trauma, <laughs> and in fact, supported their daughter into becoming a hero. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, every parent in the MCU and I guess now Marvel just fucks up their kids. I mean, let's <laughs> let's be completely honest. Marvel people have been fucking up their kids for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're worried about, you know, saving people and such, we we see Kevin absorbs into a nearby cop. He figures the cop would be a great way to figure out where his dad is. And he says he would know where dad is. So we get a little bit more of that information about the power set. Mm -hmm. So like Rogue, I gather that when he absorbs into somebody, he also gets a bit of their knowledge. Yeah, or he's able to peek around. Yeah, he's he's able to open some of those doors. Mm -hmm. But similar to Rogue, when she absorbed Carol Danvers' power back when, he doesn't know how to control it. So it's not like he's going to be sophisticated enough to actually poke around and find all the things he wants in this person's head. Oh, right. Yeah, it's like being at someone's house that you've never been to before. Yeah, you just start opening random doors <laughs> kind of scenario. We have a moment between Moira and Joe. Moira is basically saying, like, you just need to talk to him. He needs mm-hmm. to know the truth. And Joe, being the piece of shit that he is, is like, oh, I, I can't this wait until after the election. Yeah, he says he doesn't want to remind the public that he was divorced. Yes. Which is interesting wording because he's not trying to hide it completely. He's just acknowledged that it's been away from public consciousness for like, I guess, what, a decade or so? At least a decade because those those kids are definitely eight or nine years old. I think at somewhere they allude that Kevin is roughly, they say he's a teenager. So he's yeah. at least 13. I estimate 13 to 15 kind yeah. of. They may have said it in the previous episode. I just don't have the the number in front of me. Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's been split for let's call it at the least twelve years. Yeah. Because yeah. he because he ran off when Kevin was in a stroller. He shoots back. He's like, just tell him it's Xavier's his father. That's what he always wanted in the first place. Yeah. Which you know I'm not arguing arguing with. It's like at this point, <laughs> if it wasn't for Kevin wanting to talk to Joe specifically, be like. Yeah, let's just wrap this up. Everybody can get what they want. Yeah, like if Kevin would have been okay with the relationship with Xavier instead, that would have been a much probably healthier lifestyle to go with. But, you know, they, he refuses to accept the help and he shows he has like guards of his own, essentially. <laughs> good, good, good TV trope. Yep. <laughs> Great generic guards. I really feel like they, they all wear the same outfits and they just like swap heads, essentially. Yeah. But it literally feels like, you know, your your standard stereotypical goons. Yeah. yeah. And and every big bad thinks that like a couple like just normal dudes will be enough against. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. This world knows about mutants at this point. Yeah. So like, does he just hire these goons and not inform their boss pimp guy yeah. that it's a mutant like what is what does he inform them that they think this is like 
unbelievable security at this point. Kevin Proteus arrives at the house. He melts the fence and then he also melts like a hole in the front door. Yeah, he got the note from Xavier. <laughs> but the only thing we have seen when he leaves a location, it reverts back to normal. Yeah. So it's not as bad. And I'm assuming because they're in Scotland, there are no skylights. Because <laughs> yeah. he could do whatever to that wall. But if there was a skylight, he would break that skylight yeah. and it would not repair itself. Yeah, he wouldn't even try to get into the house. He'd just break the skylight and then leave. Yeah. So starts, you know, going around the house, sees the kids playing in it and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he realizes that there's going to be one of these big campaign rallies because there was a poster in the office, which... You must be the most arrogant person on the planet that it's not just a poster of yourself. It's the poster for the campaign rally that's happening in 24 hours. I've been to enough rich people's houses to that's not too far off. <laughs> it kind of tracks. <laughs> because if you think about it, you have to think so highly of yourself or you. It tends to be people that think that highly of themselves to put themselves in those positions of power, knowing the skeletons in their closet. Digital trading cards. <laughs> yeah. And then as Proteus is starting to leave, Joe's wife actually sees him on the exit. Yeah, which they never address again. No, no, but, but it made me <laughs> You know what that kind of tells me? One, his wife and his kids are not at any of these campaign rallies with him. Yeah, that's all they're just there, They're just there for the posters. Yeah. Is he that much of a piece of shit that his wife is just probably insurance? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I didn't think about that. Is it that kind of gave me speaking of the digital trading cards? If you know what we're talking about, the if, person that we're if you know, about, you know. Yeah. When I'm thinking of this person's partner, I, I, I kind of see this where it's like, we we have the agreement. I, I get to spend the money and stay home. I don't do much with it, you know. Yeah. I kind of see if you're with the Joe McTaggart. Yeah. Like maybe that is the deal. It's like I get to live in this house and have some sweet kids, and then you go do your own shit, okay? Yeah. And you're <laughs> going to be a politician who's going to make a lot of money, and I'm just going to get to spend the money. You're going to go off on your campaign rallies yeah. and probably say this stuff. Yeah, bang some fucking hookers or something, and maybe <laughs> he's definitely fucking a hooker. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess paying them, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely paying for sex. So we jump back over to the building where this rally is taking place. Rogue is on surveillance duty, and she sees Joe talking to the guy who's in charge of, of these thugs that we were alluding to earlier. The dude literally looks like a pimp. Yeah, I, I was actually wondering if that was a specific character, but I'm guessing not. If it is, none of the websites that do the, like, notable notes and trivia and stuff like that he almost had a vibe of fancy dan who is part of the enforcers mostly okay. known for like spider-man and stuff like that some some daredevil and stuff okay. but fancy dan is like garbage like <laughs> new york criminal yeah, yeah. so it's like i don't know if it was inspired by but it, as far as i could find it was not a specific character i kept thinking that this person has to have some sort of special ability to be the head of the guards that are protecting him from a mutant that can control like reality and matter. It's it's called Money Rod. Right? Have you not watched a single mafia movie ever? But like what you were saying about the guards before, we'll find out later. He doesn't make it clear to him that this is like he thinks it's just a kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. He's like, well, that's that's what he says. He's like he's like yeah. What's the what's this kid gonna do? But and Joe's just like just don't get careless. And I'm like you're not informing them of shit. Yeah. And that's not even a selfish thing. That doesn't help you if yeah. these people don't know what they're dealing with. One, <laughs> just be smart enough to not inform this guy that the person attacking you is your kid. Just be like, there's this crazy fucking mutant. I yeah. need you to protect me from the mutant. <laughs> Kill the mutant. Like yeah. just just say whatever you got to say. 
I don't know. I would be a better criminal than Joe. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you start that hashtag. No. Let's let's let's. <laughs> Please don't. JC for crime. Rogue <laughs> basically takes off just in time to not get spotted. And she asks, she's like, I need to take a shower. I like that line. Yeah. After yeah. hearing all this. Which same. Uh, yeah. It just, he just feels like a scuzz bucket. I'm like, I hate him so much. It's like, this is where in the comics where they probably could have gotten away with killing him if they wanted to. Yeah. And I would have totally been okay with it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Get your Joe McTaggart trading cards only $99 a piece. We'll sell out in a day. So. Jumps over to the rally. Rogue makes a comment about this dude who's, you know, all about family, but he's literally just like great at abandoning his kids. Mm -hmm. And then Rod, here's one of the fun tidbits about this Beast's book. I was wondering about that. What? Okay. So explain what you, what your perception is, and then I can give some info. So my note just says at the rally, the X-Men are staking it out. How is Beast hiding? A <laughs> beast in a trench coat. Yeah. Yep. Which we've established in this world works. It yeah. is no different than fucking Raphael yeah. in Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And then it's like, and why is this book blurred out? And all you can see is making the. So the book is actually the making of a president, which was about, uh, okay. which I believe was about JFK. Oh, okay. From what I understand, the reason it got blurred was just because at that point, the book had not fallen into public domain. So that's why stuff like Animal Farm and okay. things like that, they were old enough that nobody ever kept up the copyright to prevent them from being referenced in other media. There was still some sort of possible dispute. Yeah. So instead of dealing with the dispute, all the versions of the episode have that blur over it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I didn't even know that that was the thing. I just assumed that stuff that's kind of used in the background, but not plot point. But I guess yeah, lawyers know better. But. I mean, I think it was probably one of those, like, it's just easier to blur it than yeah. risk it getting a takedown. Because we've seen, there are episodes of cartoons that will air once and then disappear for forever. Pokemon, perfect example. The Porygon episode, the one that gave kids seizures. Okay. Like, that thing broadcast... And then it had to basically be reanimated to prevent the epilepsy trigger from happening. That, yeah, it wasn't just animation. That was just that whole time period, like 80s and 90s, like the whole Wonder Years series. Mm -hmm. There's only like a very few people who have the original episodes because they never licensed the music properly because it was never meant to be like on home release. Of course, because at that point, home release wasn't a thing. Yeah, so I think there's like, it's like a super small amount. It's like a hundred, a couple hundred people yeah. that paid into some sort of like crowdfunding thing to get one specific DVD release set with the proper music license for it. Oh, wow. Because like, even if you stream it now on whatever streaming service it's on, that's not Joe Cocker singing at the beginning, and they don't credit whoever it is. Right. Some guy is clearly not him, but trying his best. Got it. Well, <laughs> good for him. So yeah, Beast, okay, Beast, Beast, Beast doing his, his research. You know, super, super low key surveillance. Yeah. We have Wolverine in the basement who's like mega, mega tense. Yeah, rightfully so. Uh, Why is he on duty though? <laughs> is it the morph thing? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Like, Leave him behind? You're gonna. Yeah. So here's the problem: if you have to kill something, he's the one who's gonna kill somebody. Yeah. There's a reason why in the comics he is a part of X Force. In multiple iterations of the X-Force, as soon as X-Force becomes the X-Men's Black Ops team, yeah. there's a reason he's always in that team. It hasn't set in like how traumatized he is. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, like we talked about, he's trying to tough it out, really. But like, I think he sees a rat or something like that. And that yeah. totally like makes him skittish. Yeah. And I feel like the the comic book Wolverine would have literally just like stabbed it, stabbed it through. <laughs> Splinter. Yeah. And then we see Proteus arrives and he absorbs right into one of the goons. <laughs> Which, yes. It was, that was because Chekhov's goon? Gun? But goon, right? I, I, I think I know what you're going yeah, for. No, Chekhov's gun, but like, yeah. they, they introduced these like powerless goons and a being that possesses people, so that. 
That's not yeah, how Chekhov's gun works. Yeah, Chekhov's gun is you see it in the first act and it's used in the third act. Yeah. Well, this was me, the, was like they, they showed these goons randomly and it's like, I knew they were, they were supposed to be protection, but like then later it's like, yeah, that's how you get to them. It's like you have this person that can like possess people possess people closest to the I agree with your foreshadowing. I agree okay. yes. I agree with you. I agree with I agree with your plot point. I don't can, I don't agree with it being the Chekhov's okay. gun scenario. But that's totally fair. We're allowed to disagree on stuff. But as the absorption happens, he gives his speech and he's, there's no other way to describe it, dude. It is the most like conservative bullshit speech yeah. of it's all about family and the children. At this point when I hear that, I I don't believe that politician in real life. There's there's yes. no scenario. What about the children? Yeah. I, and this is not really a spoiler, but I also know that you don't care about Avatar spoilers. Oh, and, God, and, no, and I also, don't care about Avatar spoilers. And also, the movie has been out for over a month by this point. You hear this? You know, I was coming in like critical of the story because of the first movie of the second one. What story? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the second Avatar movie has a significantly improved story, and they do address the what about the children stuff. Meaning it has a story? It does have a story. Mm. I'll give him that credit. But Cut. they do address the what about the children thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, good on you. Because it, essentially it's like there's people who actually care about children. And then there's people who say they care about children. Right. And they are very mutually exclusive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think that in real life, too. Our mutual friend, Megan Todd, just says, like, you know, the people who brag about how much they work out should be too busy working out to brag about it. They should. It's very similar. But, but if you haven't taken a picture at the gym, did you yeah. really work out? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the there's, if you're if you're actually taking care of the kids, you probably don't have enough time to constantly be talking about it. <laughs> right. And of course, hearing this, it triggers Rogue because you know he obviously cares about kids, just not when they're his. She has a flashback of you know her with her dad and mm -hmm. stuff like that. At that time, there's some psychic interference that hits as Proteus starts going up to the to the stage, and that's where we get the Kevin reveal. And Kevin at starts attacking everyone. Rogue and Beast try to get in between, and they're they're still in the defensive mode they're not in attack mode on this one and they're just trying to like calm him down and then beast to all of his like intelligence says the one wrong thing to this kid of you're frightening him and that's that's part of what triggers kevin to go off oh wow okay yeah that. yeah wolverine sees what's going on and then just nope Yep, he literally nopes. That's actually the perfect description for it. He literally just nopes it. Yeah, it's almost like if you were playing the video game, you just turn around <laughs> and leave. Yeah, it's like that the Batman meme that keeps popping up in my Instagram reels where there's Batman who is investigating like some mob boss's bedroom or something like mm -hmm. that. And a goon opens the door, sees Batman. Batman just looks him in the eye and the goon closes the door. One of the other guys in the hallway is like, see anything in there guy goes nope <laughs> i haven't seen that but that's perfect oh uh, the next time it, it, yeah. i i now have this problem because i interact with certain like memes whether it's like anime or, or classic animation yeah. that they just continually pop in my feed because it's the same audio yeah so the audio keeps resurfacing the same way a music audio yeah. would so the next time it comes up i will send it to you because it's it literally like the caption is usually like the smartest goon in batman the animated series yeah. history yeah, that's great, though, because that's most goons should be like, yeah, I don't get paid enough. Okay. No, no, this this dude looks at him and all Batman does is like slightly look over his shoulder and that's mm -hmm. it. And it's yeah, that's that's the smart. That is the smartest man ever because he has plausible deniability. Yeah, He's like, I'm going to go home to my wife and kids. <laughs> He's, he's going home to like do meth, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's when uh, fight breaks out. There's like this gas that consumes Beast. 
Then they wrap up the cops in in like floorboards, and then Rogue gets wrapped up. The pimp gets pushed over. <laughs> it's a, it's a great it's a great moment. Random piano. There's a piano that <laughs> I believe the piano is transformed from the scaffolding. Like scaffolding on a catwalk or something. Yeah, above. something above the stage. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and then the pimp guy is like, "That's no boy." And, just <laughs> and again, that's on Joe. Yeah. Here's the thing, I don't support criminals. That criminal deserved to know what he was going up against, if only for the fact of how is he supposed to, to your point, protect you from the superpowered being if he doesn't know they're gonna be up against a superpowered being. Yeah, I don't, it just didn't seem like a good plan, even feel selfish. Yeah, (laughs) like, like, okay, are you like gonna cheap out on your goons? And then you've also rejected the help offer from the guy who has superpowered people on his side? Yeah. Joe's a stupid, stupid criminal. The only thing that I could see... And he's definitely a criminal. Let's yeah, be fucking clear. Criminal. There's there's no way that dude has gotten to where he do- has without some shady shit. Mm-hmm. Other than maybe the only thing that works in his favor of not being a criminal is he picked the most worthless goons ever and didn't know that those guys sucked. I was going to say, he, there's no way he couldn't have known they sucked, but I guess we're talking about... Well, yeah. he's... he Yeah. Talk about the same dude who didn't do any research about his own son. <laughs> yeah. Has no idea what his son's power set is. So we see this is where Xavier tries to to intervene. Mm-hmm. He also makes the comment about frightening his father, which again, yeah. probably should stop saying that to the traumatized adolescent. And then the curtains turn into a waterfall. And it's like That's pretty cool. The funny thing is when when I picture when I'm saying this all out loud, I actually picture like that Jack Kirby style, which some of that got influenced into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, like the very trippy-esque stuff. Like I would love to see this redrawn in that Kirby Doctor Strange style. Like that would be so, so cool because it almost sounds cartoonish, even though it's well done in the show. Like I absolutely give them credit. They didn't fuck up the animation or anything in this part, but I would love to see this in like a Bocello style, like that artist I'll show you. I'll, I'll, I'll post some of Bocello stuff, but it's like, I would love to see the weird version of Proteus as opposed to the clean line drawn version of Proteus. Yeah. More of the, like the black light poster version, (laughs) not just black light poster, but even think about, you remember the show, the max from the nineties, it was on MTV. It was the big purple dude with the middle finger claw. Yeah. I didn't until just now. But yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. like everything is, is slightly off. Like yeah. nobody's body proportions are right and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like that's the Proteus story. I want to see the visual of and and I might be a dumbass and that might already exist and I've just not ever read it Mm -hmm. but I think that would be cool as hell Joe Slepsky if you know an issue that we're describing shoot me a note on that one oh yeah the one guy that's read every single X-Men comic (laughs) at least uncanny yeah yeah but yeah so the curtains turn into a waterfall Rogue is flying and then the chandelier turns into bats and the bats (laughs) attack Rogue and we got one of Rogue's classic screams so, oh God, yeah. So I, I was actually wondering if there was ever been, not that I want to hear it, any point where she recreates the voice now for the scream. You mean like in the show or like at a convention? At a convention, like scream is one of the voted. <laughs> it was not. I. That's good. I don't, I, and I say this with all due respect to her, I never want to hear that in person. Same. It, it would hurt my ears. And I hope she only had to do it like once or twice and they just kept resampling. I feel like it's not though. I feel like it always changes just really? enough. I feel like she's method enough that she's like, I'm going to destroy my vocal cords. That could not be good for your your voice. (laughs) I was listening to Achievement Hunter the other day, Uh and they were talking about in Trials, and I don't remember which Trials game, but Jack from Achievement Hunter needed to do 10-second yells because the whole game is like, 
no voiceover really but they're just like different people yelling as they're getting hurt getting thrown off of like yeah, a yeah. bmx and stuff like that and everybody's goal was to have like a 10 second yell and you don't realize how long 10 seconds is until you're trying to yell for 10 seconds yeah. straight yeah I, they were like yeah we like recorded all of our video in like a few hours and then everybody else got like a couple days because we basically destroyed our vocal cords doing it yeah that's uh, yeah that's rough so at that point the floor turns to ice xavier starts moving to a fire pit mm -hmm. they did do the real fire again <laughs> yeah. did you notice that yeah i guess this is the this kind of psychedelic that was you know the whole reality bending right thing. wolverine makes the save ish doesn't get a full grip on xavier because he tries to do like claw through the clothing as the save and then it starts to rip but then moira of all people is the one who's able to grab charles and i have a note here and since it's been like a month since i've watched this there's a glitch here and either xavier or wolverine turns gray so i guess leave a comment if you remember which one <laughs> when they fall but it's it's, it, it's there's so much happening it's probably just like flashes by in a frame right as they pull xavier out of the real fire pit he starts talking to kevin psychically calming tone you know i want to help you i'm a doctor yeah. and and stuff like that he's trying to he's trying to appeal to the logic mm -hmm. of a person who's in an illogical state of a teenager who has the emotional capacity of a toddler. <laughs> I, I would say he's like maybe a six-year-old. So maybe, maybe, maybe I revoke the Xavier should be the dad thing right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Kevin, Kevin does what Kevin does where it's like, nope, I want to see my father. My father wants to see me. And then he just kind of like, like, I don't like Jedi pushes, but he literally just like flips his hand and then Xavier just like flops over in the chair. It's like, yeah. that's fucked up. It happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just Xavier getting not yeeted, but just like, just like knocked over. Yeah. Yeah. It happened in the one man's worth episode. He's in the chair and the chair gets yeah. like knocked over. And minor spoiler is going to happen in the next couple episodes. <laughs> repeatedly. Just every episode, he just gets knocked out of his so, floaty chair. So disrespectful. So much. So they start having a conversation as they're, they're leaving the building. You know, Beast is essentially saying, you know, he's, they, they actually point blank talk about his emotional maturity and points out the danger is it's only limited by his imagination. Yeah, so that's awkward. I like that Moira at that point is like, well, if you tried, guess we got to kill him. <laughs> well, no, she says she needs to reason with him. Yeah. And then she fucks off. Yeah, but I, I just like how she sees that whole battle go down. It's like, well, if you tried, nice try. You know? yep. <laughs> Xavier has some, some guilt himself. He feels like if he had been around and been given more time, but also, he hadn't seen Moira for years. Yeah. Like, pre the stuff with Lalandra, he hadn't seen her for forever. So, he didn't even know who yeah. who Kevin's dad was yeah. and stuff like that. So, it's like, he's maybe not to blame. Yeah. And also, what Moira was dating Banshee at the time. So Oh, yeah. That was the first time they saw each other in how long? Yeah. So, yeah. so it would have been a weird little working relationship. <laughs> no. Well, the first night that he stays on Muir Island, the, he gets abducted. View. Yeah. He gets that, and then his half-brother shows up, or stepbrother shows up and fucks him up. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's a kid I need your help with. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly. Oh, yeah. By the way, your favorite student, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's awful. So that's when we actually see Rogue goes aggro on Wolverine. She's like, so where were you? And then Wolverine calls Rogue corn pone. Which I looked it up. Corn? It's just, it's just cornbread. It is. It is an old fashioned southern version of cornbread, uh -huh. which to me 
I just assumed that's cornbread because <laughs> I'm not from the South. So I, I question this, where you grew up, is cornbread super sweet, almost like cake? I don't really like cornbread in any instance, okay. so I can't tell you. Because so that when the part I didn't grow up in the East Coast, but I spent a decade out there after college. And in, at least in the mid-Atlantic part of the East Coast, cornbread there is almost like vanilla cake. It's like super sweet. It comes in like muffins and stuff. Where I grew up in Indiana, Grand is not the South. Our cornbread that I grew up with gravel, like, yeah, almost. I mean, I kind of <laughs> like it. It's it's su- it's not sweet at all. It's super dry because it's be it's meant to be eaten with like butter on it or in chili. That's the kind I remember. Okay. Is is it's you needed to put butter on it if yeah. you were going to consume it, and it wasn't sweet whatsoever. And, right. And so I, corn pone is probably even like more like gritty than that. I don't know if I've ever actually had it, but. In my memory, like, as I feel like my childhood was at the very tail end of that term being like kind of relevant. It wasn't that the word itself was a bad word; it was just the tone in which you said it. Or what was it? I asked. I asked one night. I was like, "Why is dill weed, you know, an offense? Like, not offense? Like a?" Oh, it is actually offensive. Oh, really? <laughs> According to Urban Dictionary, but let's be fair: everything off of Urban Dictionary becomes offensive. Yeah. So, well. Don't call people corn pones, kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of likened it maybe at a different scale to like dillweed, where it's like, that's a real word. I use it to cook and stuff, or right. my air quotes. Cook. cook. But I like you, you have it in food stuff, but also if you say it with a certain tone, it's like meant to be like a like a derogatory. Yes. <laughs> Beast jumps in, kind of trying to defend Wolverine's fear, mm-hmm. but he, he defends it so much, it ends up making Wolverine feel even more defensive. Yeah. So that wasn't what he was looking for. He tells him, like, you know, we all get traumatized and you must feel it worse because it was your first time. Yeah. Which I kind of have for not for a secondhand experience, I guess, to this, because you're not listening to this. But for some reason, you're listening to this. Sorry, but I (laughs) promise I won't say your name. One of my college roommates. We're going to call them Steven. Yeah. It does about, yeah, Steven, whatever. This is his real name. No, it's not. Anyway. That would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> One night, was yelling from across the house we were living in, freaking out. And I went in, and he was yelling that he was having, like, a brain aneurysm, and his brain was bleeding and stuff. And I was, I was freaking out because I was like, holy shit. I didn't know you know that's happening, but okay. Yeah. Or was he just, like, really high? No. Okay. He, so, long story short, he was having a nosebleed, but he was, like, in tears, like, really traumatized. So, I'm even though I'm figuring out it's just a nosebleed, I'm trying to be empathetic because... Someone's clearly. So was it out. his first time ever having a nosebleed? Yeah. So he yells at me to call call mom. So I call his mother, and she's like, "Oh, I think I know what's happening." Rod, can you just take him to the ER so he feels better? I'm like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah." So we went to the ER, and they told him he was having a nosebleed. He had he had made it. How old were you at that point? Like maybe 21, 22, or something like that. He, he never had a nosebleed in his life. Weird. And so his mom, when I was talking to him on, to her on the phone, she was like. We were waiting for this to happen, and we were hoping it would be why he was still at home. But this was when he was away at college, and I happened to be the lucky guy that was there when it happened. So. I feel like their his parents should have said something of like, "This is going to happen to you one day. It's okay." Right. You know, and maybe they did. I'm not sure. Like, because I, you know, there's something sounds like, like they didn't. You, you see, and then it just doesn't hit you until you know, like kind of like Wolverine being liquefied or whatever. You know, like there's probably been like similar. Th- I love that we've compared. <laughs> The trauma of Wolverine becoming liquid yeah. to your roommate getting a first nosebleed in his early yeah. 20s. Yeah. I'm just guessing, like, you know, you can see it and maybe even witness it and then just think, like, oh, that's a thing, but then to have it happen to you or whatever. But, the, yeah, so going back to, like, Beast telling Wolverine, this must be so horrible for you for it happening the first time. And I always carry that memory of that roommate with me. Whenever something even mildly traumatic happens to someone, 
to try to have a little bit of internal empathy, even though I want to laugh at it. Right. You, know? you just don't know what kind of panics go yeah. in someone's brain or something like that. But also, I blame his parents. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. By 13, if your kid hasn't had a nosebleed, punch him in the nose. Right. Accidentally elbow them. Don't break or, it. Just give it a little blood. Or just, you know, this was the 90s. Or like, you know. The, yeah, when you were 90s. allowed to hit your kid. Oh, yeah. But, but also, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more like dodgeball then. When you oh, were, you yeah. Just, like. Supposed to get nosebleeds. Yeah, you could accidentally <laughs> air quote hit your kid. Just, I just picture. Kaboom. <laughs> yeah, just full on fastball wind up at this kid's yeah. face. I remember a track and field day when I was in elementary school getting hit in the face with a basketball. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I've just been prone to nosebleeds. It's just a rite of passage, I guess, of you know being a 90s kid. You're going to get hit in the face with something hard. For me, it was really bad allergies and growing up in the very dry winters. So in the winters in Connecticut, yeah. so when I when I visit Connecticut for the holidays, which will have happened by the time we posted this episode, I'll probably have had about three nosebleeds in the week that I'm there. Yeah. Just because I'm so not used to that dry cold. So yours is both environment and genetics. You have like the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, Happy New Year, everybody. I forgot. This is going to be right after New Year. <laughs> yeah, or New Year's Day. Will it? Oh, my God. Yeah, I That's think... hilarious. If, if my mental math is working, I think this goes live on January 1st. Hey, so right. Happy or New Year. Second, 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 because we post on a Monday. <laughs> yep. You know, because I, I do the programming of setting everything up for the upload on the Sunday. Gotcha. Yeah. So happy New Year to me. So this will be the first thing you do in 2023, set up this podcast. Way to make it sound depressing, Rob. <laughs> so they start their infighting. Wolverine, obviously, like I said, gets more pissed and then... Professor X pops in the middle and he's like, stop the petty argument, which, mm-hmm. yes, that you yes. should. <laughs> One, everybody just shut up. Yeah. Which is what Scott would have said. And then he kind of, you know, brings everything back into perspective of like, regardless of how you feel, which I would be a little worried about Wolverine going off the reservation again and having another like, you know, feral moment yeah. at this point. But he's like, yeah. Moira might have to destroy her own son, and I need you to help me to make sure that that doesn't have to happen. Also, there's a mutant that controls reality that's just been gallivanting around in the time that you've been arguing. But when they left the building, they very casually went down the side staircase. They know he's out of range. (laughs) I just mean as far as like public responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) They don't hear screaming. Yeah. He's already he's already far enough away instead of following the screams and the trail of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> that evening, there is a follow up rally and it, it's a little more like it's not like a chamber of Congress, but it's definitely more of like a, like a town hall kind of. Yeah, thing. like a town hall vibe. There's mm-hmm. there's more people. There's reporters. Joe stays on brand for everything we've been insinuating about collectible trading card guy <laughs> tries to blame the attack on his opponent. Bill Wallace is that a? That's not a significant name as I far as I could find. William Wallace, maybe. I don't even. I don't even know this. I was gonna say context. I don't know the context of William Wallace off yeah. the top of my yeah. head. I just know the name. I'm not a history guy. But. To, no, <laughs> you. Yeah. I can't remember. Twenty minutes ago. Yeah, seriously. I'm shocked. We've been talking about this episode for this long, and we haven't forgotten shit. And then he makes like a really bad joke too, where it's like lucky to be anywhere. And it's like, oh, that. Yeah. That that makes me really want Kevin to murder him. Right. Which I would have thought would have been like kind of a stretch until last decade of politics. Or right. just any politics, but specifically for me. Yeah. Last decade. yeah, last decade's been the rougher one. But the X-Men are there. Rogue gives your favorite line of the episode to just to talk about him. Oh, slicker than hog fat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Then he Joe continues his bullshit speech and 
you know, he's saying how invested he is and it's, you know, the love for his children, knowing who's trying to attack you, Joe, you're a fucking idiot because you literally know this dude is your child and following you and trying to kill you right now. Giving real Georgia runoff vibes. Yeah. So at that point, Kevin starts yelling like it's like a moan yell throughout throughout the entire area. And as I have Wolverine runs off again. <laughs> it's again, it's like the it's like the spin your joystick around X out, you know? <laughs> yes. Joe tries to like blame it on oh, this is a trick you're trying to ruin me. I don't know if he's just an idiot at this point. Well, it's it's a very centered way of thinking. Narcissist. Yeah. yeah. Well, narcissists and even I, I would even argue like more so I guess that is a narcissist, but like just people that aren't even part of your are actively trying not to be part of your life. Right. Still centering you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, this kid clearly just wants to talk to you. So I guess it is in that way, but it's not trying to ruin you. I don't know. It's just really weird. Like everybody's out to get you kind of thing. Right. You're if, if you're if you're not on my side, then you must be against me. Yeah, when he's already clearly a privileged position. Yeah. So the X-Men act like they're going to get ready to to jump in. Xavier has them stand down and Kevin continues to move towards Joe. We see Kevin developing again underneath the energy and stuff like that. And on camera, Joe runs away from his kid. Yeah. And and to me, I put a note there too that Proteus, he's done this a couple times, but like he gave himself a mouth. Yes. That was so unsettling. I would much rather just have the human. Well, because it's not a it's not a like traditional form of a mouth. It's kind of like it almost feels robotic because it's a perfect like rectangle kind of scenario. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when they try to give animals mouths to move when they talk on like TV shows and stuff instead of just being like, you remember Wishbone? He just talked and we just assumed he was telepathic. But then sometimes they tried like, these animated things and they just give these animals like mouths and, like your muscles don't move like that. I don't right. want to see that. <laughs> it's pretty Pretty terrifying. <laughs> so Banshee arrives with Moira. Wolverine actually does okay, a return. Yeah. And he's like, nope, not this time. And then Proteus does the nicest attack of anything he's done in the entire episode where he storms Wolverine. He just blows him away with wind. Yeah. Instead of liquefying him again. <laughs> I don't think that dude could be liquefied again, man. He's he's had a he rough, rough 24 hours. Yeah. Moira is, is kind of briefing everybody is like yeah this is the device that we use to control him low power keeps him under control high power might dot 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 which is so that's another one of those like what about the children moments it's like so you were actively using a device to control a child that had the capability of ending them we call that dimatap <laughs> we want you to go to sleep you yeah. have here's Dimatap. Yeah. Don't drink the whole bottle. Yeah, that was wild. Oh wow. But Xavier hops in. He does not want them to go to the last resort. He needs to give one last shot. Mm-hmm. I think at that point he knows if he screws this up, he's probably gonna die. Yeah. But he, you know, reintroduces himself. He says he wants to help Kevin fix his rage. And he he goes into the most like submissive position possible for him, which is just like he puts out his hands up and like just absorb me. Yeah, yeah. You, you can poke around my house. Right. That sounds like a pickup line, but it's not. You know, like, <laughs> just referring back to the, yep. the, the nope. reference we made earlier. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, so, you, so you can see that I'm like, I'm genuine about this. And you can actually, he, I think the assumption is he'll be able to see the memories of Joe speaking about everything too, you know. Or, at the, vi- or at the very least, because Xavier doesn't know the extent of Proteus's power, it could also be all of us have been in pain in some way. So yeah. like we've seen him absorb random douchebag guy, random cop. We've not like 
guy who is just getting bullied, mm-hmm. but he hasn't actually been in another mutant in this manner. Yeah, and like a fairly stable person. So it could just be like, look, I'm I'm putting myself out there so you know it's legit. You know, we've we've seen this in other stuff before where it's like, if you don't believe me, read my mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's cool. See that this is real. There are lots of similar vibes, but done differently to one man's worth. Yes. Like the immature Xavier needs to read somebody's mind to know that what the crazy shit they're saying is real. And for this kid who has no emotional growth on him, all he knows is what he believes to be true or false. So if he goes into Xavier, it's like, yeah, I've had a really shitty life, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I know what hurts. I get it. Yeah. Which in a way is like a mutant leveled up version of what Xavier's saying Joe should do for his son. Yeah. So they go into Xavier's head and they, you know, they have a quick back and forth and, you know, it's like you need to learn to trust. And Proteus comes back out and when he comes back out, he is in human form and they're they're hugging each other. And then in like a good way. <laughs> yes. Yes, not not like a bear hug and they're crushing his <laughs> spine. And then the only part of the episode that I don't like happens, which is Joe immediately repents mm-hmm. and says, you know, can you forgive me? And they hug and cry. And even in the book that we reference all the time, previously on the making of an animated series, Eric Leewald says the the father coming around felt like it was a bit much and rushed. Oh, I'm glad he acknowledged that because same. I was like, wow, so Xavier did the work and then Joe just like gets. The like thing. The only thing yeah. that makes it okay for me is that at least the kid got like the resolve that he wanted, you know? Yes, but I I would have rather have seen him get that resolve, and even if it was walk out with Moira and Joe, but him walking out with just his piece of shit estranged dad, yeah, yeah. I I I I couldn't buy it. And carrying him out, yeah, because <laughs> the kid could walk. There's no. He like, might be drained. I don't know. Yeah, he was yeah, just. He's been destroying a lot of shit in the last like two days. But Joe doesn't know that. Yeah, Joe literally didn't know his powers until 15 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> But when we were getting ready for the show, we're prepping and Xavier winces. Yeah. And I interpreted that as like, not that Xavier wants the credit, but it's like, I almost feel like Xavier is like, he doesn't deserve the credit with reference to Joe. Like Joe's getting the happy moment with Kevin and it doesn't feel good because Joe doesn't deserve that moment. I thought it was partially also something else of Moira's life that was still separated from him. It's like a, what could have been. I, I could know. absolutely see that too. I think that's a really, really good point. Because even though Moira hasn't had an easy life, obviously, it's just, he, well, not just Moira, literally anyone that Xavier's had a relationship with, you know, they've like moved on and then he's not been part of like really big parts of their life. Right. Or like monumental moments, you know. Yeah. I mean, he made that one girl, the nurse, retire. Yeah. And then she literally joined a cult. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole thing. It's having a positive impact on people. Yeah, lots of positive impacts. So jumps back over to the laboratory, which also, what kind of grants is Moira getting that she can afford right. this laboratory? Because this is like one of the most high-tech labs ever. This isn't like Xavier's shitty lab when he was a yeah. student in the 50s, you know? I think it's more evidence that they are not in America. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's being funded. By somebody who cares. <laughs> On an island that is a safe haven for mutants. Yep. Yeah. Just leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> this is because anytime, if any of my international friends are listening, every time I mention something on social media, about like, oh, I finally was able to have that doctor's visit or had this thing or whatever. They're like, what was the problem? It's like, uh, that you couldn't before? Because 
because my insurance company needed to take eight weeks to yeah. approve it. Or just the medical system or <laughs> any, anything. Yep. Any, name anything. It probably isn't as efficient as it is for you. <laughs> yeah. So it, it looks like Kevin, without a Proteus form, like there's an energy around him, but he's not acting as Proteus, is in a more open area. People are around him. He's not in his like cage room, the Mutant X room. And he's using mental powers it's kind of like that that game that you would give with kids of like put the you know the square peg in the square hole and yeah. stuff like that but he's trying to do it with his mind so like obviously if he tried to physically do it with his hands he'd be able yeah. to but it's like you know it's showing he's getting better at control yeah yeah it's, it's like go figure maybe actual teaching and possibly therapy instead of locking him in a room and yelling at him constantly shooting a laser at him that could kill him mm. <laughs> who knew <laughs> yeah I'm not a parent, but... <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no, exactly. And then we get a moment between Wolverine and Rogue. And Wolverine... You know, we've been seeing these interesting moments with Wolverine, especially after the last episodes with Nightcrawler too, where it's like, you know, we're he's having his own crisis of faith, whether that's the religious aspect or in this one where he's he's like, yeah, how does how does Chuck do it? And, you know... And specifically with Rogue being witness to it. Yeah. And, and Rogue, you know, is like... You know, we all get shook up because Rogue is open about her vulnerability. Like there are certain times where she's not letting everybody see when she's sad that she can't touch people. She kind of keeps that one a little close close to the breast. But when it's like, you know, not every she doesn't pretend to be a superwoman because she like she knows she isn't perfect. It's probably pretty clear to everybody else. And she knows it's clear to everybody else that yeah. like she's pretty traumatized right. emotionally. But, you know, she's like everybody gets shook up and. Wolverine's like, well, I don't, and then walks off. And it's like, man, some of these episodes, like, and I say this as somebody who loves this show, some of the episodes end on a fucking gut punch, which, again, the opposite of what we used to experience, because everything used to be wrapped up in a nice bow with a happy ending. And the more you know. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, this and, and Batman the Animated Series, they really set the trend because both of these shows would have endings that weren't bright and shiny. And I, I do appreciate that from these. So the mid mid late nineties, man. Yeah. <laughs> it got dark. <laughs> Seriously. So just a few quick notes on this one. Original story that this is based off of in the comics happened in nineteen seventy nine. John Byrne wrote it and that was the debut of Proteus. Like I said earlier, the possessions would actually kill somebody. Yeah. And then in the comics, Proteus actually died facing Colossus and his father with him, but it was because of an intolerance for metal, which never really got addressed here. Oh, okay. I, didn't um, I mean, it was it was one of those things that was very specific to the comics. It was kind of like, you know, what is the kryptonite for this? Because that was that was very comic tropey at the yeah, time. And for him... There has to be a weakness or there's no conflict. Exactly. Yeah. So this as a you know, more mature story being told, you know, literally 15 years later, they were able to take it from the emotional standpoint. And I still agreed with Xavier healing him. Mm-hmm. I still don't agree with Joe getting the the happy moment. Yeah. But I can also believe that this was a route that also could have even happened back in the John Byrne era. And maybe a part of it was this, they didn't know what else to do with him because he's so stupid powerful. Yeah. And... That time frame was like the pre-Omega mutant era. Like there weren't the mutants that could destroy everything. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of had to take them out. Otherwise, if those are still chess pieces on the board, how do they not destroy the entire board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the the thing where you know, currently, if you're listening to this like way later, we're currently at the end of phase four of the MCU. 
and there's still questions of like all these other like hidden societies like your your eternals and all that eternals and stuff like so what about the thanos stuff (laughs) we moved on from that shit yeah yeah (laughs) so rod any closing thoughts for you sir no i'm glad we finally wrapped up this episode because it's literally been a month of (laughs) not being closed yep (laughs) and also our recording device didn't die six times during it yeah well i mean it died died yeah. We'll talk about that next time. If this sounds different, also thanks again to Romance at a Glance podcast for the equipment. But if it sounds different, hopefully nicer. Because of them. Please go to their stuff, whatever socials they have, and say thank you for supporting Cyclops. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah, curious. And if you're interested, they read romance novels and talk about it every week. So if for some reason there's an overlap there. Do they have really short ones that like, cause I can maybe get 60 pages deep and that's about it. So I, I think they specifically do read short stories. Mm. Although I will admit that, and Shani knows this, I don't listen to, because it's not my thing and stuff. But, <laughs> but I think she said before that they read like pretty short stories. Cause that's, I, I guess that's how romance novels are now is that they're relatively short. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for the official Instagram post or YouTube upload for this episode. I'm switching it because more people talk to us on Instagram. And if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and we didn't even bother doing the year-end recap on Spotify. (laughs) 